Let's turn to the book of First Peter chapter 3. And uh, we're, uh, last Sunday we began a new series called The Blessed Life. How many want to live a blessed life? How many want to live with God's blessing? Amen. I, I don't know about you, but man, I, I want to live in God's blessing. I want to experience God's fullness and His blessing. And you know what? Last week we began a new series called The Blessed Life. We understood that God is the blessinator. You know, He's the one that is able to bless our lives. Hallelujah. And blessing is not just what He does. It's who He is. Can I get a witness tonight? It's just who He is. It's His nature to bless and we also saw that blessing was just even more than money. I mean, living with the blessing of God, it's got to do with the wellness of your soul. Got to do with living in dominion, favor, pretty much blessing in every single area of your life. We saw that, you know what, this scripture, we, we're called to live in blessing. Amen. We're called to live in this. Uh, so here it is tonight. I want to preach about the blessed life. I want to consider the inheritance tonight. And so if you have your Bibles, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8. If you're there, say amen. 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 If you're not there, say hold on. All right. If, you, if you're not sure, just say I'm lost. <laughs> well, you know what? You can Google it. Or you can pretend. You know, just for, nah. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Hallelujah. It reads this. It says, finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil. Man, isn't this not like the world? Isn't it not like the world that we live in? You know, when someone does evil to us, the first thing we want to do is be like, Ooh, I so want to knock you out. Yeah, come on now, let's be real. But the Bible tells us, let's be of one mind. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for revival, but on the contrary, blessing. Listen to this. Knowing that you were called to this. Knowing you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Man, thank you, Jesus. Thank God that, you know what, it's not only just for Christians uh, where we can just come to church. Oh, praise the Lord. Listen, you, when you become born again, you are called uh, for a blessing. You're called into this blessed life. So tonight, I want to look at another aspect of the calling tonight, and it's got to do with this word called inherit. Uh, Peter says we are to inherit a blessing, inherit this blessing. That means something. That means something to us, to inherit this blessing. What does it mean? Let's find out what it means tonight. Number one, the word inheritance. Let's consider that if you're taking note, the word inheritance. It means something that is or may be inherited. Property passing at the owner's death. To the heir of those entitled to succeed or a legacy that's left behind. Another meaning could be the portion, inheritance that's given to a birthright or the heritage. And in the Bible, the word inherit, the word inheritance or heirs, it comes up so many times in the Bible. And simply the word inheritance is something that is passed on to us from our family. And in the Bible, I'm telling you, in the Bible throughout the New Testament, we find so many meanings of this word inheritance. Listen to Romans chapter 8 verse 16. Then the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. Indeed, if we suffer with Him, then we may also be gloried together. Church, I come with some good news tonight. 
I come with some hope tonight for some people that, you know what, maybe you're living under a curse. Maybe you're living under fear or guilt or shame. Listen, the good news of the gospel is Jesus Christ came to pay for our sins. Come on, somebody. Jesus Christ came to give us not only a blessed life, but he came to give us more than that. He came to give us eternal life. And I'm telling you, the moment you become a born-again Christian, the moment you begin to bow your knee before Christ, the moment where you surrender your life and say, God, here I am. My life is yours. God, use my life. That is the moment where, you know what, you become a children of God. And now you're able to receive or inherit this blessing. And yet, indeed, uh, so many times we think, oh, God, where are you blessing me? But people haven't first bowed their knee. People haven't first decided to give their life to Christ. People are missing out on the blessing of God because they haven't become children of God. And so the first point tonight is, you know what? The blessing flows through the children. When you become a Christian, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Hallelujah. That means, you know what? The old has been passed away. Behold, all things can become new. How exciting is Christianity? Man, I'm telling you, we don't have to be, you know what, the same person we are today than we are yesterday. Listen tonight, the same God that began to part the seas, the same God that began to open up the windows of heaven is still alive today and he wants to pour out his blessing upon his children. The same God wants to open up the windows for your life. And this means that we stand to inherit with Christ all that God has planned for him in eternity. What a hope. Do you have any idea what you're stepping into by simply becoming a children of God? I'm telling you, it gives us a sense of this nature of our inheritance, being linked to our place in the family or in the kingdom of God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11, listen to this. It says, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you trusted. Also you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom, having believed, listen to this, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. To the praise of his glory. You know what? That verse alone, again, we see our inheritance is in Christ. And that it is the presence of the Holy Spirit that is sealed. It's the guarantee or the seal or the title deed that we're able to receive it. We need to understand, you know what? That an inheritance, it's a legal matter. It's a legal term. It is based on the person who has made the will. Who has made a will and he or she is the one that made the will is going to leave it to those behind. An inheritance. And as long as the will is legal, the inheritance is irreversible. And I want to say tonight, you know, we have been heard of being wills being contested on various grounds. But it's difficult to reverse. It's difficult to change a legal will. Just in our case, like our inheritance is in Christ. You know what? Satan will try and contest it. Satan will try and change your inheritance. But listen, you know what? Tonight, it's impossible. We stand to inherit a blessing. And that's why we're called that we can live a blessed life. That's, that is something that Christ has left to us and his church. 
that church, I'm telling you, you can live a blessed life. You don't have to be a victim and be like, man, listen, as soon as you bow your knee, give your life to Christ. That is the joy and the blessing of indeed receiving his blessing. And inheritance is something, listen tonight, we didn't even work for. We haven't done anything to receive his inheritance. It is the product of someone else's labor. Think about that tonight. In him, in Christ Jesus, we have obtained an inheritance tonight. Turn to Galatians chapter 3 verse 10. It says this, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law. In the sight of God it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. If you were to study the whole book of Galatians, if you were to look into it, what Galatians pretty much sums up, it just addresses the fact that, you know what, we're not saved by our own good works. Man, Lord, help us. Man, I'm telling you, we, we try and do good the most of our lives, but we, how many know, we just make, make a mess of our lives. So many times we have things in our own hands. We, we think we were able to do it on our own accord. But man, all of a sudden, everything turns around and it's, it's, a, it's a mess. And so here it is. Christ is saying, you know what? The just shall live by faith. It's got nothing to do with what you got to work for. This is, you know what? This inheritance, you don't have to work for it. This is by faith. You're surrendering your life to Jesus. And by faith tonight, in verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Verse 15, Brethren, I speak in the manner of men. Though it is only a man's covenant, yet it is confirmed that no one annuls or no one invalidates or adds to it. You see here, Paul is writing and he's, he's saying to the church, he's saying, you know, no one can change this inheritance that's through Christ. No one can try and reverse it. Even in the affairs of men, the covenant of the will of God is unalterable. Meaning you are, when you become a child of God, that God begins to say, you know what, this is reserved. This inheritance, this blessing is only for my children. And the promise wasn't made to the seeds, it was made to the one seed, it was Christ. And if we are in Christ, listen tonight, the hope of us, the hope for us is the promise and the blessing is ours. It's not dependent on your works, it's dependent on Christ's work. We didn't earn it. This inheritance of blessing, it's the fruit of another labor, it's because of Jesus Christ. We didn't work for it at all. You know, a few years ago, Zara... Uh, my wife inherited a small amount of money from her, her grandmother. And she had nothing to do with, uh, you know, anything that she had done. It, was, it wasn't the product of Zara's labors. It was just simply passed on to her. If someone wanted to take it from her, they couldn't because by law it was an inheritance. Because it was in the will. Therefore, she received it. And same thing when it comes to you. As, as believers in God, listen, this uh, blessing is only for and reserved for the children of God. That, you know what? You don't have to work for it. You don't have to labor for it. Christ is the one who had secured the inheritance or the blessing for you and I. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11. I'm giving you some uh, keys here tonight because we're called to this blessing church. 
Hebrews chapter 9 verse 16 says, For where there is a testament, there must also be of necessity be the death of a testator, meaning someone who has written the will. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power, and while the testator lives. Listen, Jesus died on the cross so that you and I could be blessed. The sum of what I'm trying to say here is, you know what, Jesus paid the price. Thank God that he did. So you know what, for we can live a blessed life. Let's consider number two, if you're taking notes, something that is held in trust. The moment you get saved, the moment you give your life to Jesus, the moment you bow your knee, the inheritance or the blessing, you might not see it immediately. But the inheritance is something that is held back until certain conditions are met. It is said to be held in trust. Those conditions include, as we saw in Hebrews, the death of a testator or the person who made the will. And that condition has been met in Christ. And additionally, there are general conditions of age when it comes to the will. A son or daughter, they might have to be 21 or 25 before they can receive the inheritance. And sometimes other conditions are attached as well. A house may be passed on upon condition that, you know, the child may live in it. Or it may be that the child must complete his education or really whatever the person who wrote the will wanted. And until the time that the conditions were met, the inheritance was held in safekeeping. The reason why I'm saying this is because, you know what, God isn't just going to bless you in a moment or in an instant. In the moment that you're born again, God doesn't just go, you know, boom, pour out a thousand dollars in your bank account. There you go. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know what? It's like uh, giving a baby, you know what, a million dollars and this baby will just take all this money, put it in the mouth. We know what baby do. They put them in the mouth. The same thing that they grab everything, just chuck it in the mouth. And so this is the same when it comes to Christianity. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 21. Listen to this. An inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. There is certainly a blessing that instantly falls on someone who becomes a new convert, who becomes a new Christian. But really the blessing of that is actually being taken into the family of God, delivered from a life of sin, of destruction, delivered from all these things of a poor orphan or, or just simply a wretch, where God brings us into a palace of nobility. Life instantly gets better when you give your life to Jesus. Life simply, you know what, becomes more uh, better when you surrender your life to Christ. But listen, there's still more to come. <laughs> there's still more to come. I love the fact that, you know what, it's like, uh, you know those ads, like, oh, here's something I prepared earlier. And it's like, that's the thing with God. When you begin to walk with Him, God goes, here's something I prepared and begins to pour out favor upon your life. When you begin to walk with Him and He sees such maturity, this blessed life goes much deeper and further than just simply becoming a Christian. There's this depth with maturity. The inheritance comes as the conditions of the blessed life are met. Now, there's a story of a dad, right? He had this awesome watch. One of the, he's been passed down from generation to generation, this inheritance, right? And he said, you know what, I'm going to pass it down to my son. And he saw his son, and he sees his son playing with his little trucks and his toys, chucking it everywhere. And the dad makes the comment and makes, he says, you know what, how can I bless my son with this watch when he can't even take care of the little things? And that's the same thing with us and God's blessing. That you know what, God wants to bless you incredibly, but he sees how you handle the little things. That you don't save, that you don't give, 
How is he supposed to pour out such blessing and favor through your life? And it's all in these little things right here. And the Father in heaven says, you know what? I've got something in store for you. I've got, I've got plans. I've got purposes for you. But will you continue to trust in me? Will you continue to handle the little things with purpose, with dignity? Will you begin to surrender your life? You know the story of the prodigal son. You know the story where the son asks the dad and says, give me my share. And the father says, you know what, gives him the share. And what does the son do? He spends the inheritance on wild living. The younger son, this is found in Luke chapter 15, verse 12. Listen to this. And the younger son said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. This ended in the squandering of the inheritance. He received his portion, right, without the necessary development of character, and it ended up destroying him. You see, God's far more concerned with our character. God's far more concerned about who we are as Christians. God's far more concerned about who we are on the inside than who we are on the outside. Come on, don't go quiet on me. We can come to church and be praise the Lord, hallelujah, and then go back outside into the world and act like the same people we are. I'm telling you, we ought to be different. The Bible tells us as believers to be separate from the world. What profits a man if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul? I wanted to live both life. I wanted to, I became a Christian at year 12 and gave my life to Christ. And I felt the pull, the peer pressure, because I had this, this image, so to speak, where it's like, man, you know, oh, the, here's this guy, Bobby, of just, you know, just foul mouth, this player, you know what, man, bad life and I say you what I gave my life to Christ and I felt the pull I came to church I had one foot in and I had one foot in the world and I wasn't like you know what I was thinking man I thought everything would be rosy I thought everything would be good but yet something was happening on the inside Christ was molding me shaping me there's things in my life that I needed to get rid of there's things in my life I needed to cut off like some friends I needed to get rid of these things that were influencing me the wrong way and I wanted to live for Christ I wanted to live for him and say, you know what, God, I, I've had enough of this world. I've had enough of the emptiness. I've had enough of the shame and the guilt of those nights that I walk home and these nights that I use and abuse people. And you know what, God, I've had enough. I was empty. I was broken. I cried out in the middle of uh, downstairs in my house. And my brother, he became a Christian before me. And he, he, his life totally changed. And I cried out in my bedroom downstairs. I said, God, I don't know if you know me. But I know you know my brother. And the same change that you've done in him, I want that. I cried out before God. I didn't care who was there. I, I was crying, bore my eyes out. And from that very moment on, Christ revealed to me how empty I was. Christ revealed to me how broken I was. That I was filled with anger and rage. And yet I was trying to fill my life with all these things to try and cover it up. But yet on the outside, I was like, whoo, I got it all together. What's up, bro? I had it all together. Hey, I had my girls. I had... But then on the inside, I didn't even realize that I was empty. I was broken. But as soon as I gave my life to Christ, he made all things new. I'm telling you, he decided to say, you know what? If you continue living, uh, walking this narrow path, I got a plan for you. I had, uh, you know, uh, mentors and pastors and uh, Bible study leaders, you know, speak life into me saying, listen, you don't have to go back to the world. There's a blessing for your life. You can live in God's blessing if you continue to walk the narrow path. Give your life to Jesus is what I'm telling you tonight. 
Allow Christ to move on your inside. It's all about Christ working on your character that one day, listen, you can walk in the blessing, in the grace of God. I'm telling you, it's amazing that God would begin to pour out his blessing because again, it's nothing that we could ever do or what we could ever done because you know what? Now this responsibility that I have as a pastor is not a responsibility, it's a privilege. It is an absolute privilege to preach the gospel because I know where I came from. I know what it's like to be in the world. I know what it's like, but thank God that he was able to still inherit, to pour out his blessing and favor. And I'm telling you the same thing God would want to do for you. He has a plan. He has a purpose for you. He wants to pour out the inheritance, the blessing upon your life. Let's consider something we have to grow into. This is number three I want to talk about tonight. So the blessed life is our inheritance. As surely as Christ died to give it to us. But will you live it? Will you live and grow into it? Here we are. You know what? So many people can come to church and yet still be mature in their faith. I'm talking about older people who maybe in their 40s, 50s still come to church but still be immature. You know, still desiring the, the milk of the word, not the, the meat. I'm telling you, we ought to grow in Christ because we will get to know the blessed life. Listen to Acts chapter 20, verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Paul says that the inheritance is a result of being built up and sanctified. The greater the sanctification, meaning you know, the greater you, that you decide to be separate. The word sanctified means to be separate. The greater the experience of inheritance. Listen to Revelation 21 verse 7. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. He who overcomes. There is a process in receiving inheritance. The process is unavoidable. The inheritance is certain as we are in Christ, but it's progressive. But will you grow in Christ? Will you continue to surrender to Him and allow the blessing to flow through your life? You know, too many Christians don't live the blessed life because they don't grow as believers. They simply just come to church and be like, yeah, feed me, pastor. Yeah, yeah, feed me some of that. And simply just come to church, but not knowing they're missing out on a blessing. That it starts when no one else is watching. Not in here, but when you go back home and you wake up the next morning and you begin to say, God, help me. I want to grow. You begin to open up the Bible and you pray, God, the desire will come. I tell you, the Spirit of God will begin to move upon your life that you would want to get into the Bible and read. Uh, I remember getting saved and all I wanted to do was to get to know Jesus. All I wanted to do was to know the one who died for me. I wanted to know the miracles that he'd done. I wanted to know how he handled Pharisees and these Sadducees. I wanted to know how he dealt with people who failed like me. And I read that and it blew my mind. I read it and it was like, my goodness, God, you did that for me. God, you, you were able to do that for me. And I'm telling you, if he can take a, a young, you know what, drop kid, drop out kid like me, listen, he can do something great for you. Give you a purpose and a plan. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Simple message tonight. The blessed life, the inheritance. Hallelujah. Amen. You're here tonight. I want to give an invitation.
Maybe you're here tonight and your heart is not right with God. Maybe you're here and you know if you were to stand before God. I want to ask you a question. If you were to die tonight, where would you spend eternity? The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment. Listen, friend, where will you spend eternity? It's a good question to ask yourself. And you have to be honest. Bible tells us we're separated. Our sins separate us from a loving God. But the good news of the gospel, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only, only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is the gospel message, friend. God loves you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to set you free. If you're here tonight, you know your heart isn't right with God, but you recognize that. You lift your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. I know I'm not saved. I know I'm not right with God. You lift your hand. You be honest. Say, yeah, that's me. I'm not right with God, but I want to give my life to Christ. Anyone here today, you want to lift your hand. Be honest before the Lord. Stop playing church games. Listen, it's not about uh, coming to church. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus says that, you know what, there's so many people. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did not we do this? Did not we do that? And yet, this is the words of Jesus. He says, depart from me. I never knew you. I never knew you. Oh, Lord, I went to church on Sunday. Depart from me. I never knew you. Oh, Lord, but I, I prayed on Sunday. I did some of these good things. Depart from me. I never knew you. All eternity separated from a loving God. And here it is tonight, the message of forgiveness is offered to you. Will you accept it? Lift your hand and say, yes, that's me. Preacher, that's me. You're speaking to me. I want forgiveness. I know my heart's not right with God, but tonight I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, why don't you raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. Be honest. Friend, this is between you and God. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you once had a relationship with Christ, but you've fallen away from Him. You've gone like the prodigal son. You've gone back into the world. Raise your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. I want to be saved. I want to come back home. Why don't you raise your hand? And you be honest before the Lord. And I want to tell you, you know what? God can begin to give you a new life, better than what you could ever do yourself. He loves you. He wants to save you. He wants to set you free. I see that hand. God bless you, brother. Anyone else? want to join this honest heart and say, yes, that's me as well. I want to give my life to Christ. Anyone else, you join this honest heart, say, yep, you're speaking to me. I feel the presence of God here in this place. God wants to touch people. God wants to save some souls. Come on, don't harden your heart before the Lord. I'll wait. Amen. I see that hand in the back. Anyone else? God bless you, sister. 